Hey there, Mark. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going, Johnny. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I uh, I drove yeah. by this really weird yard sale the other day, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this, like, crotchety-ass, 85-year-old, like, beehive-looking lady. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine, if you will, like, Marge Simpson's mother, but not quite as as angry or raspy. And she had just like giant box of puppets. And not like okay. weird sexual puppets, just like weird puppets. And none of them made sense. You know? Okay. Like, what what like what was like it? There, I mean there's there's an octopus and uh, there there was a, a penguin which kind of fits with the the animal theme, but the penguin had a monocle on and like I I don't even it's just this weird shit, man. And she just kept talking about her, her friends, the manger babies. Yeah. And I just, it just turned around, man. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> just couldn't. You just noped out of there. <laughs> just noped the hell out of there because last <laughs> thing I need is to get roped into a Christian puppet show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dangle oh. Podcast, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Dangle Podcast. I mean, Christian puppet shows are bad, but there's worse things to get roped into than this here dangle podcast, which is a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of King of the Hill and we hit him with our awesome rating system and we talk about like how they are, how they feel, are they good, are they bad? And yeah, we're just kind of seeing, trying to see if they hold up. So without further ado, you want to dive into it, buddy? Heck yeah, man. So our first episode today is episode 24, Meet the Manger Babies. As if you couldn't tell from our obnoxious intro here today. Uh, Our original air date is January 11th, 1998. We are officially in 1998. Just in case you're curious, Columbine is not happening this year either. (laughs) It's going to be next year. I don't want to say I can't wait for it, but I kind of can't wait. So you can just kind of get that off your chest. You it's, know? I'm going to get it off my chest, man. It's going to be great. Um, so uh, our writer for this episode is, uh, it's actually a writing duo, uh, Jonathan Abel okay. and Glenn Berger. Mm, okay. Berger. Um, <laughs> shit, Have we seen sorry. anything else out of them? Um, <laughs> we, I think we probably have, uh, but I... I'd looked at, because they've written a couple of episodes already. Uh, I didn't look at the ones they've already wrote, written, but I know one specifically coming up that you and I both very much like is Hank's Dirty Laundry. So oh, okay, I think cool. these guys, I mean, they've got some pedigree behind them. This obviously is, uh, you can, listeners, you're going to find out real quick, this is not my favorite episode, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but no, I mean, these guys do great work. Um, our cast of characters for this episode, Hank and Peggy and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, uh, Reverend Thomason, and a uh, cameo by one very famous Dallas cowboy, Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good old Troy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see here. Mark, do you want my synopsis? It's uh, one sentence and very shoddy for a change, actually. Like, it's not very solid. Yes. Yes, I do. I am so excited to hear you get mad at something for a change. Yeah, like, lay it on me, baby. All right. Luann and Hank have a Christian puppet show on Super Bowl Sunday. That's it. That's the yeah, story. crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole story, guys. Oh, and, and the Reverend gets really mad when kids spill juice on his brand new carpet. Like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it is. Such a 
That is such a dumb bit. But, it, yeah. It, it is. It is. Um, so our A-story characters in this episode, uh, Peggy is there, Bobby is there, like, they're in the background. Everybody's in the background because it's a Super Bowl episode. But yeah, really, they have to be. The only characters in this are Hank and Luann. Like, this is a yeah. Hank and Luann happy, fun, a, a very bizarre episode, I think. I don't know if you got this really weird feeling, but I definitely did, because Hank is never this nice to Luann, Luann ever again in the rest of this series. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is one of those things and it's like, well, no, because we already did Texas City Twister, so never we, mind. We did. So we did. Ta- I was like, going to say, maybe it's like how Bobby's good at one thing per season. Uh, Hank <laughs> is really good to Luann. Or, or, or Luann fixes Hank's truck so that buys her another, like, good good hank token does that make sense that's true so and we just does... saw her we just saw her fix his truck and jump and crack bass so now she's like yeah. back on his goods and i don't well know. and then she stops fixing his truck so he stops being nice to her don't worry she's gonna butcher meat pretty quick here <laughs> um so i mean the episode starts off and once it, like we really haven't gotten any good buckley yet have we I like he's just kind of been so in the background. To say Buckley doesn't need Buckley isn't ever good. No, when no, um, the man that shot Kane Stratterberg when he's up on top of the ladder <laughs> and RKO's off the, <laughs> just goes oh snap. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, but that's really that's like one little tiny thing. Yeah. But I don't know. It's Valentine's Day and Hank is having weird issues with Bobby saying he loves his best friend and. And I don't know. You feel a little bit bad for a surprisingly attractive Luann. Um, I, I'm not even gonna fight that. Yeah. I think I sent you a text to to the effect of uh, something about the platter women in sundresses. It just does it for me. <laughs> I know. That, what was that? Was that? Yeah, that was okay. So I texted you. Save me from this week. I'm simping for Luann. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Never thought I would hear those words come out of your mouth, man. I didn't either, and I don't know if I was, like, drunk or what, but I was watching, I was like, all right, it's a blue ad. How you doing, girl? (laughs) Right? But it's, so, this episode, like I said, it's the nicest Hank is probably ever going to be to Luann, and it's pretty much evidenced, like, he's straight up, he's like, okay, let's go, let's go to the hardware store. I think that's where they're going, right? Like, he's got to go to the hardware store, you're going to come with me. He's super nice. They stop at a yard sale. She finds her stupid puppets. I like he, he doesn't even ask her. Just oh, how much for the puppets? Like Hank never does that. And then immediately, by the way, immediately shits all over Bobby wearing a, uh, a wig, which is on character for him. But it's like oh come on. Yeah, fair. You, you can, okay. You look. Yeah. You just look like a dick because you just bought Luann something and you're being very sweet to her. And immediately, nope. Bobby doesn't get a wig. Absolutely not. <laughs> But also, Bobby doesn't need the wig. We, 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 I just got rid of the last one. I just threw the last wig out. No more wigs. No more wigs. Yes. But I don't, like, he's, he's just very, very nice to her. And this whole episode, it's just one nice thing after another. And it just makes me feel weird. Hank is never this nice. Luann is always kind of like the butt boil on Hank. It's there. Yeah. It hasn't been lanced yet, and he every time he thinks about it, he just gets mad. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> so, well, um, I, 
I guess. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Do no, you have any pros? I, How about that? Do you have any pros? Yeah, I mean, we can we can jump into pros and cons for sure. I so I just that's my biggest issue with this whole episode, and it's a stupid thing to have an issue with, especially because I'm never gonna have another issue with it again because he's never this nice. Um, I don't think it's stupid at all. I think it, I think it's completely like valid though. Like he is overly supportive. He builds her the thing. And maybe building the, I don't know what you call that, the, the puppet show shrine box, whatever. Right. Um, he does that, like, I, th- I think he does that to not be supportive so much as, haha, here's a project for me. Right, and I can then, see that. Yeah, there's that one. And then, like, he has to go to church anyway, so it, whatever, I don't mind helping. But then when, like, he has to get called on to, like, be God, and it's like, well, that's Super Bowl Sunday. And I, I don't know. That so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that uh, whole thing back up here in my cons actually because oh okay cool yeah cool. no which is which is good um yeah I it kind of chugs right the whole episode just kind of chugs it, it does it's just it's like when you're missing after a, like another, after another thing after on another. your like yeah like when you're missing like a couple little gear things on your bike so your chain skips every now and then yeah it yeah feels and like we start and then we could chunk and then we start and then we could chunk and yeah okay. So, it's it's fine. I'm just gonna say it that way. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, that's fine. Yep. Um, my other pro that I have, pros. my other pro that I have, other than hot Luann, is um, Brittany. It's and it is Luann focused. Brittany Murphy yep. once again shows how good her range is in this episode. It's not just screechy Luann that's pissed off at something or. Sabi Luann that's constantly just yelling and crying the entire time. You see a lot of different emotions with her. Yeah. Like, you see a lot of Luann in this episode. She is defeated when Buckley's like, nope, I'm not going to do anything with you. She gets stupidly excited when she finds dumb freaking Christian puppets. She gets mm-hmm. insanely dark when she talks about, you know what, Joe Sixpack, just take this car and point it at those tail li- or those headlights. Well, I don't want to yeah. be here anymore at all. Like, there's some range in this. There's, and I yeah, will give her props. Absolutely, yeah. I think Brittany Murphy, even if she annoys the hell out of me, does a solid job consistently all the time. Like, Yes. She knows yeah. who Luann is. And then she gets to have fun with it on occasion. And I am glad that they wrote this. Ep- like, I don't hate this episode. It's fine. I just... Well, God, so Luann you is need, so much. We need to get Luann back to religion to have Luann's character arc happen. Yes. And I think that, like, Halloween was definitely her rejecting, not Christianity, but just rejecting that and, like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to heaven this way, but this isn't the right way either. Right. Because it becomes a big part. Like, there's an, there's an episode of her doing Bible study in your pool, for Christ's sakes. Like, yeah. So we have to get back to religion with Luann, and I think the major babies are probably the best way to do it. They are definitely the best vehicle for it. I will admit yeah. that. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to devil's advocate it at all. But no, no, for I don't sure. Know. Before, I think this is an important episode in a couple for a couple reasons. But I think that's pretty much it. Is just you've got to give. We've got to get Luann back to a faith base. That's no. That's a very valid. That's a very valid way of looking at it for sure. Uh, what pros do you got, Mark? Because that's those are the only two I have. Um. Let's see. So I have, goddammit, Luann goes dick out for major babies. It <laughs> goes and dick she does. out. She goes dick out for the major babies. She does. Um, 
I kind of think that Hank is a little bit cute in the way that he supports her. Like, he just has a moment of, we don't get cute Hank, or, or like, not cute, but like, generally sweet Hank. And he says something effective, if that's all it costs to make you smile, then it's worth it or something. And it's like, right. it's like, that's a very, it's a really good Hank line. You can, you can hear Hank saying that, if that makes sense. I can, just not to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it seems like the wrong target. <laughs> no, you're but... very right, though. Like, I don't want to discount that Hank, Hank is not a freaking ogre. He's not a shithead. He is very much like the whole point, point of this entire show. And I sound like I'm an asshole when I say I, it's just not right for him to do this. It's just not right for him to do it to Luann. No, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> literally every time she's on screen, she's irritating him or, like, adjacent to a point of his irritation. So, yeah, right. no, I definitely get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you um, for pointing it out that Hank is very sweet in this because I feel like that's going to get lost over him getting bitchy. Yeah. And also, this episode is kind of crap, but it has some good moments. Yeah. Like, it, it, they've got some killer lines. Like, um, he doesn't have that quickness anymore. That's hilarious. Yes. Um, I like the idea of them having to double scotch guard the couch just because of friggin' Bill. That's oh. a, You get an idea of how... We're, we're, we're in the second season now, and we really haven't looked at Bill. We saw him be <laughs> cute as his little, like, I can't hear you! We saw him doing yeah. that. And sure, cool, fine, whatever. But now we get this chance with, like, this one and then uh, what I think the next one was Snow Job. You get to see Bill just be kind of weird and obnoxious, <laughs> more so than he has been. Bill has fully Pokemon evolved into his final form, which is Pant Load Bill. At this <laughs> yep. point, he is Pant Load Bill, and he's going to stay there and ride it all the way up to level 100 through the rest of this series. The Pant Loadiest. <laughs> yes. Now, I love Pant Load Bill, too, but oh, God, that's I have cons about his, his couch etiquette. Oh no, I'm 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 100 with you, like. But a whole friggin' can. I just I love that. Um, this also has one of my favorite moments. I think in King of the Hill when they're working on the. T- it's like the opening shot, and they're working on the TV, and Hank goes, "All right, plug her in," and Bobby <laughs> looks at the TV that's clearly it's plugged, in. plugged in. Okay, I I love that. I forget about that, and then finally, um, I like Hank is God. Yes. That's great, but then also I love I sell popcorn and popcorn accessories. I Yep. <laughs> it's great. It's great. The writers the writers at this point know what they've got. They know what yeah. the shtick is for sure. I yeah, Hanks and let there be light and it was good. Is that <laughs> yeah. kills me every time. <laughs> Cuz it's just him screwing around and it's not even in a sacrilegious way. Like he's just he's just, he's having, just fun. having fun. Yeah. Just having fun with it. Yeah. Um, I think that's... I've got a couple weird notes. Okay. Number one production note for Luann. Are you a manger baby? Are you a cast member? Are you the omniscient narrator, but then you also get to make choices? I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like the way she does... I know how dumb that is, but I hate the lad of the first, like... I just don't like the way the manger babies are laid out. I don't understand. Sure. And it's, it's very yeah. poor plot plot production like she really hasn't thought any of this out very poor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then outside a, oh huh i said we ahead. come from a performing background so we take this shit really serious oh yeah absolutely <laughs> nothing but professionalism over here um 
How many ministers, and this is another dumb one, but how many ministers has Arlen had? Because, good lord, they don't keep the same one for this first couple seasons until you get Stroop. They really don't. I think Stroop is the yeah. constant, but yeah, she doesn't come into like four or five. So, I'm trying to imagine. I don't remember. Won't You Pee My Neighbor is the first time I can actively remember Stroop like stepping into that role after she was introduced. And that's not for quite a while either, but yeah i don't know yeah. maybe two or three at this point I, I, it's a dumb it's another dumb point i just those things irritate me because we have these awesome through lines of continuity and it's like okay but you're gonna keep changing like we have you have to have reverend lovejoy you know what you don't you know what i mean yeah um and we just we don't yes. have that yet yeah yeah why do you, you need more than one, one number two why like, do you need more? yeah who the hell are you yeah, that's pretty much it how about give me some of your cons i let it let it all out buddy so I, I really I've got two in here. Okay. Um, I'll go with the Bill one first because the second one I feel like I'm going to rail on pretty hard for a minute. Uh, Bill is disgusting with his couch etiquette. I swear, if anybody ever, Scotchgard or not, came into my house and wiped their gross Cheeto Dorito fingers all <laughs> yeah. over my white couch, I would lose my shit. Like, uh, you would not be allowed over to my house ever again bar none man like you wouldn't <laughs> no, even get no, to never not for once, some yeah. weird kegger never never and there is visible like they show him doing it as they're watching the game have yeah. you ever noticed that yeah like and i love that oh. because you're like oh they're just being mean to bill and then he does it's like oh my god okay he's y yes like good for them for doing uh, it just grosses me out so much it's a con on a personal level good for you writers you grossed me out i'm sure that's what your point was um, and then my second con here, it is really hard personally to watch a very religious episode that feels really preachy. Yeah. And it's because I'm not a religious person. I, I definitely feel that one. And there's a lot of religion based episodes of this show. There is. They've got to be. Most though. of them are around Luann. Yeah. But I'm trying to think. There is the Reborn Virgin 2.0. Yep. That's a very preachy one. Super the Lou Bible Annie too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The um, Bible study in the pool is a big one. Yeah. The, in the way later seasons, there's the mega church episode. Like they're not, they don't actively run away from church, but this one just makes me feel like, okay, this is a nineties TV show that is harping on religion and I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Well, they have to though, too. Like that's, that's part of it. Like yeah. we, we have to see the Hill family have their faith because otherwise they wouldn't be like an Amer a white American family in the 90s, you know? Christ, everybody, it's went, true. everybody went to church in the 90s, you know? Just about. I don't know. I, I I look at it this in two different lights, or from two different kind of areas here. I'm used to watching The Simpsons, who the closest thing they came to a super religious episode is the one where Homer basically says, I'm going to start my own religion, and it burns his freaking house down. Yeah, Homer the heretic. Also, one of my... Also one of my all-time favorite episodes. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. But it's it never really hits religion super hard for an episode that is literally all about religion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make me feel icky. And then I also turn around and I look at something that's done more modern that openly makes fun of how it is uncomfortable to talk about Jesus and God on TV. Mm -hmm. And that's Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like they have in their season four episode with their stupid plot device train, the very end, the only way they can escape is by talking about the greatest story ever told and Jesus Christ cum gutters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like even they recognize 
<laughs> they recognize like nobody wants to watch religious TV. Like right. four people in the whole world want to watch religious TV. Yeah. So I don't know. That it makes me feel really weird. That's my biggest con. And that's probably why I don't like rewatching this episode. Uh, Which is a shame because it is not a bad episode. Yeah, it's fine. It's It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's it's fine. Uh how about a favorite moment? I, I've only got one, man, and I'm sure you know what it is. Uh, lay it on me. I, I, I want to hear it. Um, <laughs> I left a finishing nail undone, and it reflects poor craftsmanship. <laughs> like, the random carpenter dudes just sitting there twiddling their beards and staring at Hank's craftsmanship <laughs> kills me. Yeah. That is the best moment in the entire episode. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll give it to you. How about you, buddy? Um, I kind of named mine already. Bobby plugging in the TV. <laughs> Fair, yes. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Other than that, I oh, don't have so much more good. to say about it. Um, I have one retro reference rage. Ooh, cool. Mark, who the hell is Tina Turner, and why should I give a shit about her legs? I don't know why we care about her legs, but I feel like everybody knows Tina Turner, kind of, right? She's popular. Uh, I mean, she was twenty years ago. I feel like they still play Tina Turner on the radio, though. Like, and maybe that's just because I work in a grocery store, but because <laughs> I sell vegetable maybe. and vegetable accessories, but <laughs> maybe I don't. That's the only one I could really come up with, and it really wasn't that bad. Okay. I did like that that in twenty years, Super Bowl Super Bowl commercials are still just as dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, hey, let's, before, uh, let's give this before we do that. Oh, I, I, let me, let me ask you about that ending. We talk a lot about the endings here. Yeah. Do, do, do you like it? Do you hate it with, with like, Oh, maybe I didn't have the batteries in the remote. Is that funny or is it not? Is that, do you know what I mean? It, I mean, it's a Bobby ending. Also, I like it cause it's a Bobby ending. Also what universal remote reaches. I don't know how far away the church is from their house, but it's farther than the range of any universal remote, so shenanigans. But hey, it's television suspension of disbelief wacky. It's fine. Whatever. I guess. <sighs> I You know, if I were Hank in that exact situation, I literally would have dropped the remote in the middle, like, just in the middle of everybody. Hands off. Change the channel, and if, and if it keeps changing itself back, then you know what? You can't get mad at me. Let's just go to somebody else's house and watch a damn game. I'll grab the chips. Okay, yeah, good enough. I'm not going to be the guy that turns around and goes, well, I feel bad because my, my niece wants to do this show. Oh, no. Okay, so I do have one more thing that I can bitch about because oh, I was awesome. going to bring it up. Yeah. I do not think that Hank is being selfish here. Oh, no. In one, no, not at all. He is no. not being – and it's he's made out to be that he is the selfish guy that won't help his niece out. No. Hank Hill loves football. It is the Super Bowl. He does something for it every single year. Yeah. Luann, get the hell over it. You can find a new god. <laughs> or just wait. Yep. I also... Or wait. It's also weird to me, and I guess maybe this is my retro reference rage, but, like, what church is, like, open during the Super Bowl anymore? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What? And I, I think and they've I, all... <laughs> I don't know. Like at this point, they've at this point they've all thrown in the towel. Like they know. Better. Oh yeah, the, you can't compete with with Peyton Manning. No, shut up. No, like yeah, not even a little bit. But you just can't do it. It's just weird to me because all I can think is like church is nine in the morning. Why would the Super Bowl be at nine in the morning? Even even if you lived in California, 
the only way is that like you live in California and it takes place in New York and that's when kickoff is is nine in the morning. You know, like right. I don't know, but also we definitely did not bring up that there's a Troy Aikman cameo in here, which I think is fantastic. Oh yeah, talk about full... that for a second. Who, hey, retro just... reference rage. Who the hell is Troy Aikman and why should I care, Johnny? Oh. Uh, Troy Aikman is a treasure that's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he isn't already. I don't pay that much attention to the professional <laughs> Hall of Fame. Especially not for, for the Cowboys. Especially not. I know who Dandy Don Meredith is, and they should be lucky I know that. <laughs> and, 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 um, Jonathan Richards. And Tom Landry. And Tom Landry. See, Gold, that's like three of them. And Gold, Golden Richards. Golden, Golden Richards. Richards. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> and, well, and we'll see. Big Willie Lane. Holy shit, I know a lot about Dallas Cowboys. Like Probably just from about this as much show, as the yeah. Denver Broncos. Yeah, all of it. All of it from this <laughs> like show. Like, literally only from this show. Yes. <laughs> um, no. So, I mean, Troy Aikman, he's a, a very famous, like, I, I want to say mid-90s to probably mid-2000s uh, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he replaced by that jackass that was all in, all in Jessica Simpson's nonsense? Tony Romo? That's the one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and now I they've know got a lot some about other the guy there. Cowboys too. See, it's eh, it's weird. Whatever. They were America's team at one point. Everybody loved the Cowboys. I guess I grew up in a Bronco family, and if you were <laughs> if you weren't a Bronco, you weren't shit. There you go. And now I love the Packers. So um, it's funny how religion and football <laughs> work. You just pretty, you know you just much. are whatever your parents are until you're old enough to pick your own team. Yep, or watch baseball instead of football. <laughs> um, all right, let's. Uh, why don't we rate this bad boy, Mark? You want to tell us about our ratings? Johnny, I would love to tell you about our rating system because I prepared a little something for this moment. Yes. <coughs> I swear to God, if you start if you start singing the Major Baby song, I'm not going to be okay with this. Oh well, these next uh, minute and a half is going to be real painful for you then, huh? Oh. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Trying not to... I'm all, giddy, I'm all giddy, Johnny. This took me like... I spent like an hour writing this, so I just want you to fucking take a second and appreciate. Oh my god, I'm... Get some water uh, on this, dude. Our rating system goes like this. It's not too hard to learn. But here's a little primer song before we take our turns. Charcoal is the lowest rank. It's miserable and sad. After that comes Megalo, it's better but still bad. Butane is a bastard gas, a fact that is well known. But this type of episode won't cause us to explode. Angrily, that is. Wink, wink. (laughs) In our hearts, the final two are held in highest esteem. There's nothing that can really beat the glory of Char King. And finally, at the very top, blazing with blue fire, flame of valor fills our hearts like beer cans of desire. That's our rating systems. I hope you like my song. Rating systems, let's take turns rating it now. Rating system, it breaks down at the end here. Rating system. Oh my God. (laughs) If you don't cut and paste that into every single episode from here on out, I am going to be offended. I don't think that we need to make anybody listen to that more than once. 
Listeners, you tell us. I swear, if we get more than like five retweets, that that needs to be the new. Th- it's gonna be the new thing. It's gonna happen. We'll we'll put it in the episode. Holy shit! We'll put it in the episode, and then like after we drop it, we'll launch a poll for like two weeks. And we'll see. There we go. I love it, man. It's gotta happen. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, that was something. <laughs> so so. <laughs> You want me to go first, buddy? <laughs> yeah, you go first, because it's already so tough to guess. Um, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor, I gave uh, Meet the Manger Babies Megalo. Okay. Brittany Murphy is great, but it's just a fine episode. Good enough. I. It's just fine. I, I'm glad you don't hate it, though, because it does have some fun moments. Yes. Um, I also gave it a Megalo. It's it's fine. It has some spots where it's okay, where it hits, and then a lot of it doesn't. And you're right, Lan is obnoxious, and Hank is kind of a dick. And or not, a, he's not a dick. Hank is not not a dick, and that's the weirdest part about it. So yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I you know I I'm gonna tell you right now before we jump into this next one that main, Meet the Manger Babies has been probably the most dreaded episode I've had since we started this. Really. I, yes, and I, it's because I, I didn't want to rewatch it. I didn't want to hate it. And I don't hate it, but I'm just like, I don't like this episode. You're not excited it's, to see it. Ugh, I was not. So now that we've gotten over that hump, what's our <laughs> next episode, buddy? Oh, our next episode is Snow Job. That it is. We have an original air date of Snow Job at February 1st, 1998. Uh, so our original cast here today is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boom Hauer, Buck Strickland, Carl Moss. We have uh, only appearances by Ma, Pa, and one moron, Lloyd Vickers. <laughs> um, apparently there is a debut and only appearance of a Hugh Jimerson. I'm going to guess he's one of the other guys that's hanging out with... Uh, uh, with Strickland. Yeah. Probably the one he looks at and goes, I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a debut of Velma Throckmorton. Okay. No idea who that is. I Probably, think that's I that old know. lady that calls, my hands are frozen to my walker. Isn't that Velma Throckmorton? It, it might be. Let's hope so. <laughs> I don't really want to look up who in the hell Velma Throckmorton is. If we can't, if you uh, and, and I can't remember, it does not. It literally doesn't matter. I'm I'm calling it right yeah, now. Basically, and then we have a debut of Joe Jack, one of our absolute favorite Strickland employees. Yeah, yeah. I, I Joe Jack is one of my favorites, honey. How's the back, honey? Fine, Joe Jack. How's the drinking problem? How's your gambling problem? Gambling problem. <laughs> Um, so our writers for Snow Job are Cheryl Holiday, Alan R. Cohen, Alan Friedland, and Jim Dotrieve. And I'm not going to pick an episode from every single one of them. No. But I will pick one from Jim Dotrieve here. Uh, he is also, and we've done one of him before. He did The Company Man. He also did The Son That Got Away. And he has got The Perils of Polling. Oh. Okay. So that's a that's a pretty solid episode. That's uh, oh God. maybe, if you say so. Okay, so uh, I got a synopsis for you, Mark. All right, lay it on me, buddy. When a winter storm hits Ireland, Hank finds out he isn't the top of the heap at Strickland, and Buck has an infarction. Yep, crush it. Yep, that crushed it, right? As per usual. Our ace. I'm glad that you like per- this one because yes, it, it 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 has to be more than Buck dies almost. That's it. 
Yes, <laughs> it's it is. I, I I like this one. I don't know if I like it more than the last. I don't honestly don't remember what I gave it as a rating, but we'll find that out here in a minute. Um, our A story characters for this are Hank, Peggy, Buck Strickland, and Lloyd Vickers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I'm kind of sad we never saw more of Lloyd Vickers. He's kind of a dick. It's um, who is Lloyd Vickers? Is it somebody? Uh, I can look it up real quick. Oh, sorry. I don't mean to take you out. Well, I just figured because you're usually no. on there with the cameos, so. I am, and I don't know if it is any specific person. Okay. Uh, David Herman. Okay, there you go. Once again. Yeah, yeah Lloyd Vickers is yeah Lloyd Vickers is David Herman. Uh, you know, master of all the voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you need to be an obnoxious school authority. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, let's, uh, let's jump into pros and cons, buddy. Yeah, let's do her. You want to start? You, you give me some pros. Cause sure. I know that you like this one better and I want to have happy Johnny back. Uh, it's good. It's good. Well, I'm going to start you off real strong okay. because you know how much I love Dale. Yep. And do you know how much I love the Dale that decides he's going to try and barter water chestnuts and pumpkin pie filling with everybody? <laughs> Quite a bit. I think... I think this is the first time we see Hoarder Dale. Yeah. And he comes back like four times. I swear we see it at least four times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> most most notably when he's trying to eat Gerbster. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love this because it sets up such a such a strong character for Dale. Yeah. Like, it just, it, it always tickles me. Um Lloyd Vickers is exactly like the quote unquote friend boss that every single person has had at a job at least one time in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, his whole like, I'm going to give you flex time so that you can go and feed Strickland's dogs. I hate people like that. (laughs) Like, talk to me like I'm your equal, even if I'm not, because it makes me think you at least respect me. Fair enough. Like it's it's not much to ask, right? No, it's everything to ask. Why why should we treat each other like humans? Come on now. I capitalism. It's a son of a bitch. Yeah, um, idiot. Class. The class wars are here for a reason, man. Um, <laughs> another pro I got here. This is, I think, the first episode we really and I love the way I phrase this here. The holy scriptures of propane are on full display in this episode. Oh my god, I know. And I feel like this is the first one where everybody is into it. Like, Heggy, Pe- uh, wow, Heggy. Peggy is like, okay, don't be a hero, Hank. You know you know who I am. Like, even she's bought into all this stuff. Bobby wants to run and catch a bobtail on the fly with him. Like, they're visibly taking a gasp when Hank freaks out over, over the electric appliances and doesn't want to take propane with him on their weird little trip. Like... <laughs> This is the holy grail of all propane. Yeah. Uh, even up to the point where Peggy sees Hank grab the, the bag of charcoal from Ma and Pa and just goes, put that down. You don't know who's watching. <laughs> like, I love it. This has now become like a weird religion and like charcoal is now taboo in the King of the Hill universe. And like we've got butane being a bastard gas in the, the universe. Like we're there. Yeah. We're finally there. We're finally here. Yeah. Yeah. This is our uh, Avengers then, Endgame of propane. It, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and then I have a question for you, Mark, because right. we have seen a lot of fictional places in the King of the Hill universe throughout the entirety of its series. Mm-hmm. 
do we ever see goober smooches or is it just something we hear about once a season oh i feel no um um oh yeah no we totally see it um okay i i can't tell you which one i just know that we totally do we see it a couple times we're gonna put a We'll get a pin in this because I don't remember ever seeing goober smooches. I'm putting it on my list. We see, we see Sugarfoots and we see, uh, like, I think we even see Lubies or Lulies. Like, yeah, Lulies, yeah. Lulies, because normally it's called Lubies. Um, like, we see a bunch of other different ridiculous things. We see a Whataburger, for Christ's sake. But I don't know if, I don't remember ever seeing goober smooches. You'll have to tell me. Yeah, I will. You'll have to remind me out. when we see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what I got for pros, man. What do you got? My biggest pro from this comes from uh, Stephen Root. Uh, a lot of okay. Dangle podcast up until now has been us pissing and moaning about how we can't find voice actors with different voices to do different characters. And in this one, you get Stephen Root playing a completely different character, different sounding. Like, you never hear Buck get into, like, Bill ever, and I super, super no. appreciate it. It's just not a thing that happens. And it's... I do not... I, whenever I hear Buck Strickland, I never make the connection that it's Steven Root, ever. I, I didn't, That's how good of a job he does. Yeah, I didn't know it was Steven Root for years. Like, Yeah. But, yeah, um, I really love Buck in this. Or, I love Steven Root in this. He does a fantastic job. Yeah. Man years. What the hell does man years mean, Johnny? <laughs> man years? Man years. Have... Man years. I don't even know. I love to anyway, glossing over that, uh, you already called it, but Dale. I love Dale in the ski mask, number one. That's <laughs> I love yes. I love that King of the Hill does costume changes. And Yes. I really, really appreciate Dale in this one because that is something that he would wear. He you, you know he looks like the Unabomber. has to be freezing. Yeah. He looks like the Unabomber. He looks bit, like somebody yeah. who hates the freaking government. Oh, not even that. Just, I love the way it looks. I think it looks hilarious. Like, you don't need a damn, like, total face mask. Like, what are you doing, Dale? But you know... So if I can sidebar... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, if I can sidebar really quick, because we're talking about Dale and the way he, he dresses and stuff. Yeah. I, I've got to ask, because we've never brought this up, who Dale is directly, like, who they, like, directly modeled him off of, which is Hunter S. Thompson. Right. And do you think Hunter S. Thompson would wear a full-on balaclava? No, because it doesn't have a hole for him to snort coke through. <laughs> okay, fair. I just had to know. I had to know if you thought Hunter S. Thompson would ever do that. I, like, no, he'd have I, the weird, like, double-thumb fist and shit on his. Like, there'd be a bunch of stuff. I bet. No, you know what? I bet, I bet honestly, Hunter S. Thompson would. Like, because he would still need to smoke, and he could still drink out of it, and he'd be fine. Yeah. Right? You can still wear his sunglasses, and they're not going to fog up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway sorry to railroad you there but i was like i realized we'd never talked about hunter s thompson being like he's like the only person that anybody is directly modeled from yeah yeah i think so yeah i can teach you how to make a bomb out of dynamite and a roll of toilet paper or toilet paper yep. too but it's i love dale in this one he's just so dumb yes i love dumb dale a lot and then i yes. love the i also it's not a pro but man like, Johnny, this episode, I realized I realized two days I was watching it, this episode gave me the knowledge that Texans don't know what snow is or how to handle it. And I'm sure that that's yeah. not a thing that we're, that's not like a fair, whatever you would call that. 
statement. I mean, I guess it definitely is, but at the same time, I grew up not thinking it ever snowed in Texas because of this episode. Yes. Yeah. That's, I don't know, and that's pretty much all I got. It's, I don't have a lot of pros for this one. It's a good episode, I just, it's a weird episode, it's too. It's fun. It's fine. It's, yeah. It's fun, it's fine. Like, it's not, it's not honestly much better than the one we just did. I think you're right. Like, I I think it's got a couple better moments, and really, the best part of this episode versus the last one we did is Buck Strickland. Mm-hmm. Every time Buck Strickland opens his mouth, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I can definitely, I, yeah, I can throw that in the pros column here. This is the best Buck Strickland episode to date. You know, we really finally get to see him. I wonder if we get a better one than this. Oh, we get some good ones. Yeah. I just know that we get some really crappy buck ones, too. Yes, we do. Because with the good, there is the bad. When Bobby is Buck's caddy is one of the best episodes. Okay, okay. You got me. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. Like, I know that one's as good as this or better. Probably better. Yeah. Um. Let uh, Let me jump into some cons, man. Yeah, go for it. Um. So, like, two episodes, three episodes ago... Mm-hmm. We definitely hear Khan ripping on Hank that there is no contemporary art museum in Arland. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I definitely just called it Arland, and I feel stupid. It's okay. Uh, there's no contemporary. There's no contemporary art museum in Arland. Yes, right? that's right. Um, so when Hank has to divert propane from the Museum of Modern Art, essentially the same damn thing. Like, what the hell, guys? Come on, <laughs> come on. Now I can't remember, man. Was was the Boneyard episode the one that was in season one? Because I'm gonna give him some kudos for that if that is. Like I'm not gonna get so shitty. Was that the one that was originally supposed to be in season one? I God, we just did that one. Yeah, I think it was right. If that's the case, then I will I, I will bite my tongue and re basically take that back because. If it was written and then another episode was written a year later, I don't really... At this point, you guys aren't going to get too much shit from me. Yeah. So, um, another one of my cons here. Strickland has six dogs. Oh my god, I know. Six dogs. Mm-hmm. And at any point in the rest of this show, he only there's one episode where you see one more of his dogs. That's it. You only ever see one. Maybe he realized that six dogs wasn't going to bring him happiness. Well, let's just hope he didn't do with, do with them what he wanted to do with a bunch of emus. Like, damn. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, the only other episode, and, and make, he makes it out to be like, I want you to love my dogs, Hank. Like, he makes it out to be a big part of his life. Yeah. And yet, he, he doesn't talk about him any other time in the series except for the one time that Hank wants to stud out and get Lady Bird all knocked up. It's true. So, I don't know. Uh, there's that, and then the only other one I had here is that Joe Jack's voice is just not quite there yet. I was, it's not yeah. deep enough. Yeah, I was gonna. I it's had not that note drawly too. enough. Yeah, it's yeah. not Joe Jack. Who is who's Joe Jack's voice actor? Do we know? Um, or do you know offhand? Because I, I can't. I just couldn't place it. I, I know it's somebody doing somebody, but I don't know who. It, you don't if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Toby Huss. Oh wow! Okay, cool. I think it's it's one of like two he doesn't do a lot of stuff. Hmm. Like Toby Huss does not do a lot of voices here. He does Cotton, he does Con. Mm-hmm. 
and he does Joe Jack, and he does Thatherton in every other episode other than the Company Man. Other than the Burt Reynolds one, yeah. Yep, and then he also he's also Clee Hammer. Oh yeah, that's so, right. I mean, yeah. he gets he he gets a decent amount of work in here, and I will also say like, God, then he does it so well. They're all they're all completely independent. Yeah, like I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him some shit right now. Like, way to go, man. I did not know that he was all of those people. Yeah, I guess I didn't either, yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Toby Huss. When you listen to this, uh, you get a kudos from both of us. <laughs> we hope you hear this, Toby. I, shit, if you if you hear this, Toby, you can come on and hang out with us. I would love it. I would die. Actually, I would lose my shit. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what about you, Mark? What cons you got, man? I got a lot of cons, actually. Let's hear some cons, buddy, because I'm done with my cons. Okay, so and you ran through all your pros. You're you're good on that. I did. Okay. I did. There's other than like the biggest pro I can think of is that everything that comes out of Buck Strickland's mouth makes me laugh. Okay, good. I just, like all of my fa- all of my favorite moments are tangential to him. <laughs> I'm your daddy. <laughs> you you work for me. I'm your daddy. <laughs> I I just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's see cons. Here we go. Um, okay, so Buck, I guess, let's just call it right now. Buck in this episode is weird. Number one, who has a heart attack looking at, let's call it pretty, not like amazingly softcore ladies, whatever. Like, who does that in a man's office? But then, is this the thing that Buck does where he just grabs this calendar and like mentally jacks himself off and hangs office? Because like... Hank is weirdly <laughs> end of every submissive day. to this. Like, just, okay. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, like, so there's that. But then he's with them for 15 years. And if he's with them for 15 years, number one, he's got to put up with this how often. But also, yeah. like, God damn, I can't imagine working for somewhere for 15 years. But then number two, and this is my pretty solid con, how come Hank has never been inside a Buck's house? 15 years like i've worked for my boss for five years and i've been inside of his house like half a dozen times you know and i'm also gonna call like arlen is probably small town just like alamosa is so it's not a weird thing but no that's exactly what i was gonna say it's arlen is they they tout it as being small small town like that's part of its appeal yeah so you're right like you would you would go over to your boss's house i don't care if he owns four different propane dealerships you would go over to his house. Yeah. It's, I don't know. No, that's that's a fair con, man. And then that ending, I really do not like the ending. Because, number one, how is... Number one, isn't Hank Hazmat certified? He's got his CDL for sure. He, yeah, he's gotta be. I, cause, yeah, I don't know. That hangs me up. And then it's like, that has gotta be illegal as hell. Towing. Yes. Like, I, I just... That on, I'll give honestly, him points for creativity, but that's it. Sure, but that ending really breaks it for me. Like, that's e- that's even worse than like, uh we're we're gonna. It's a wonderful life, your lawn. You know, I don't know. It just yeah. Wow, you guys really couldn't think of a way out of this one, could you? No. Okay. Cool. Like, yeah. I don't know. That is kind of this moment for this season. It is the the end of the the king of like king of the ant hill. Mm-hmm. That is this ending for this season. Is. Oh, yep, everybody's going to get their propane. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you, buddy. Um, And then, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't know. I 
yeah, that's that's all I got. I don't got any retro rage for this episode. Did you find anything that I should be raging about, Mark? Um, I've got one. Okay. Who in the hell writes a letter on a piece of paper? That was because so, <laughs> at first I was like. Oh, okay, he's collecting his thoughts. Now nah, he's going to write the letter on this piece of paper. And it just... I couldn't remember the last time that I wrote something and sent it. I don't know. That's crazy. But... Yeah. It's it's a weird little bit, but that one... I don't know if it's retro or not, but man, it it stuck out to me. No, it, it definitely feels pretty dated. But... Definitely feels pretty dated. Yeah, and then past that, I don't... That was all I really had. What's your favorite moment? Okay. I've got three. Okay. And you and I have been quoting one of them all freaking episode. <laughs> you work for me? I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. <laughs> um, I I love the line, and I use this a lot. I, I use it as an, a reason to incorporate this word into my everyday vocabulary. Okay. I love Hank's line of, do, I, do you think I should wear a tie or not? If I don't, it just seems like I'm not paying enough attention. But if I do, it's kind of ghoulish. <laughs> like I'm just waiting for him to die. <laughs> and Peggy so leave the tie for the funeral. I love the word ghoulish. And so I use it a lot if I can. Okay. And it's because of this. Yeah. And I, when Buck is talking to Hank about the Tatler boxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with this already. I better do. And he just goes... <laughs> he just goes, well, hell, we used to use midgets back in the old days. Just throw them behind the seat with a bucket of ice. It is until OSHA came and put those nice little people out of business. That's what they prefer to be called, Mark. Little people. I love that so much. I'm so glad you hit that one. <laughs> like, I just, he's so casual about shoving a midget behind somebody's seat. <laughs> Oh, it it's yeah. I guess it, Buck Strickland makes this episode. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> How about you, buddy? What's you what you got your favorite moments here? So other than the ones, please that, tell me it's midgets. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than the ones that you already named, I do have one. Okay. All right. Pennies before people. I know why they call you Paul, cause you're pathetic. <laughs> I know why they call you Ma. Because you're always riding my ass. I love that. I forgot. <laughs> yes. I I forgot where that scene was until I watched it today. And I I was so yep. happy. I haven't seen it in so long. It was like seeing an old friend. And I laughed. And I was glad <laughs> for it. And I was a child again. It was wonderful. Like How many how many times have you looked at somebody and said, Stop riding my ass. And thought exactly of that. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. Just. Oh. Perfect. My well, let's give this guy a rating. Yeah. You want to start her off, buddy? Sure. So I'm actually I'm gonna change my rating because now I'm seeing what I actually gave it, and I don't think it's worth that. Yeah. Or no, I don't. I don't think it's yeah. Like I think I rated it incorrectly. Um, originally I gave it a mega low. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna bump it up to a butane, man. Okay. I think. Because the more I think about just how funny Buck Strickland is in this, how funny Dale is in this, how we get the basically like the holy church of propane officially in this, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with giving this a butane. Awesome. It's not a Char King by any means. It's not a fantastic episode, but damn, is it pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty all right. Yeah. How about you, buddy? 
Um, I'm giving it a butane. It has some really solid moments, and Steven Root is incredible. And so I'm coming to this point because I've been watching a lot of old Simpsons lately. I've been watching okay. just just a lot of stuff. I've been on vacation, so like I've had downtime. I've had a lot of downtime, and all these old shows. I'm realizing they're doing the same thing that we're calling King of the Hill out for, and like it's literally just the same voice actor, but right. I don't know, man. Something about King of the Hill is worse for me. Because it's smarter. Is that what it is? Like, like... King of the Hill, King of the Hill use ed, uses better jokes. Like they put a lot more thought into their stuff, so you expect more out of them. Okay. You know, like you, I think you mentioned a couple of episodes ago. Like, if you watch American Dad, Haley is just Haley for every character that that voice actress does. Yeah. And you know what? I expect it because American Dad, yeah, it's fun. I, I'll sit and I'll watch a couple episodes in a row and it's just like, ha ha, cool, this is funny. I don't really care about episodes of American Dad. I can remember maybe three of them. I can oh. remember whole seasons of King of the Hill. Okay. I really think it's just because it is written better and the, the characters are more memorable, more lovable, and they're smarter. Like every joke in this show is smarter. So you expect more of it. Maybe that that's at least my thought process on this. It's the only way I can kind of justify continuously getting pissed off because <laughs> I'm right there with you. Like, every show does it. Yeah, I, yeah. But yeah, I think I think you hit it, though. It's, it's smarter, yeah. Huh. Okay. I feel assuaged. Yeah. Yeah, so no butane. Yeah, it's fine. Steven Root's great. Love him for it. That's, that's about it. Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, Mark, I got a question for you, man. Yeah, buddy. You still like King of the Hill? Uh, it's still pretty all right. Yeah, I'm into it. Do you still like King of the Hill, Johnny? Uh, you know what, Mark? I think I like King of the Hill enough to uh, continue doing this podcast with you. Yeah, it's pretty dang good. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I hope so, because we haven't had like any charcoals yet, and if we're going to quit right now... Still with, not there. ...with a group of butanes and some megalos, like... <laughs> yeah, that would be a little sad. <laughs> nah... Stick a fork in me. I'm done. I only got us 1.5 seasons in. <laughs> I'm going to haul away this one, Johnny. <laughs> Damn it. You're filling up on all the free stuff, Mark. <laughs> Manger babies. Oh, how can the good people find us, Johnny? <laughs> uh, the good people of... Twitter land and internet land and uh, general podcast land, I guess. Uh, they can find us at dangolepodcast at gmail.com. They can find us on Twitter at dangolepodcast. They can find me at krautballstream, kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in I used to be a live streamer, and it's a really long story about all that shit. How about you, Mark? Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on my other podcast, the uh, Two Wizards podcast. You can find me at Marky Stardust <laughs> on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Also, I gotta ask you, was your rating for Manger Babies higher or lower before I sang the song? I, it stayed the same, man. <laughs> okay. It stayed the same. I didn't know if it would awake, I'm like, getting... fresher rage, and you're like, ah, oh, we're downvoting it. Uh, you definitely did give me some nom flashbacks, okay? Not okay. I heard him happening. You gotta but... warn me. You gotta warn me before you do that again. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, have a good night, everybody.